Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line. And it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. On the pocket. That's away from Chennault. Who's trying to get after him for a second time. But the ball is thrown to the end zone. And it's caught. Flowers with the touchdown. The Ravens strike right back from 30 yards out. Second and goal. Pacheco, Pacheco drives across with the Chiefs touchdown. Second and five. Ball batted up into the air and caught by Jackson. He caught his own pass. The Bowers, he dives. The ball came out. It's recovered by Kansas City. Second and ten. To the end zone again and it is intercepted. He gets the protection. He goes long and on his back to ice it. He's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Five years. Another fake. Coming Jamison Williams. The speedster has a block. Williams cuts up. 25, 20. Still on his feet. Jamison Williams scores. Montgomery on second and goal. Surging his way forward. He's in. Touchdown, Detroit. Caffrey second and goal. Up and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Now it's Gibbs. Trying to get to the edge. Gets a block on the border. Makes a man miss. Gibbs hits at the five. Touchdown, Detroit. So it's 24 to 7. Here's Purdy. Looking. Firing in. Joe. Caught. Ayu. Touchdown. Caffrey's going to get it. And he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. This is the game. Goff. Pumps. Fires. End zone. It is caught for the touchdown. What a grab by Williams to keep this game alive. And there it is. Highlights courtesy of Fox and CBS. And oh, welcome into the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Jesse Rogers in for for Cap. I'm Jay Hood. Phone lines open for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. And Jesse, you heard it right there. We got a Super Bowl matchup. We got San Francisco and we have got the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll hook them up in Las Vegas for the big game. Yeah, and the odds makers say it should be a good game because I think it's like Chiefs by a point, which Niners. if you're Niners. I'm sorry, they're... that's what I meant. The Niners by a point, which if you're a Chiefs fan, that's exactly what you want. You want the, the Chiefs to be a dog because it seems like uh, every time they are, they win, they cover, they do everything. Just in a, a great, great playoff run this time on the road by the Chiefs, right? Mahomes was great again. We're going to get to him later. Um, but this is what I think happened last night at midnight, last night at um, uh, halftime. I think Dan Campbell hacked into the sports radio producers text chain across the country and said, sure. I'm going to give everybody something to talk about for the next 10 days, till yeah. the, two weeks till the Super Bowl, because what he did yesterday is being talked about all over the country today. Did he blow his team's chances? Let's give him credit for getting his team in the chance to win. But, ooh, those decisions, wow. 
Well, wow. Well, Jesse, let me tell you, as the Lions lose to San Francisco 34-31, it's close to us because we uh, are hyper-focused on the NFC North. Yeah. So as I said on Friday to Courtney Cronin, I said, you know what? I can get on this Lions bandwagon. Not a Lions fan, but I like how they're able to build their team where they are right now, and they fell short. But again, they choked that game away. An opportunity for the Lions to be able to finally break through winning a playoff game on the road, by the way. Because they haven't done that. Uh, they've uh, been behind the eight ball on that 12 times. To be able to win a playoff game on the road, that's one thing. But you had a 17-point advantage, and you relinquished it. The Lions, you know, when you hear from the defenders of Dan Campbell, it's always like, well, he's always aggressive, Jesse, and he's always goes for it on fourth down. Yeah, 34% of the time, the Lions go for it on fourth down, and they succeed. But here's the thing. Show me a coach and a staff and a team that does not do the same thing the same way all the time, and I'll show you a limited team. Yeah, He, he does it the same way. Like, we're going to be aggressive on fourth down. Okay, great. But, again, what happens when it doesn't work? What happens when it doesn't work? You like the aggressiveness, sure, but you have to show me a fastball. You got to show me a yeah. curveball. You got to show me a slider from time to time. All I know in that spot is that you need more points. You're on the road. Anything could happen. Like, I don't know. Lose by three <laughs> and when you had a 17-point advantage? Think about it. There's so many layers to this, and I think most people listening will come down against uh, Dan Campbell. And it's not just because it didn't work out. It's not just because of that. I'm sure all of us on our couches yesterday were saying, kick at least one of those two times, right? And I can't think of another coach, people that have been in the game a long time, that wouldn't have kicked at least one out of the two times. And we can go through all the scenarios, but I will start the show this way, this way, okay? He kicked, he he avoided kicking twice, right? Yeah. Start the show this way, and I use this when I analyze in baseball. When I used to coach in baseball, you know, I know you love when I talk about my coaching days. Yes, yes. Here's the thing to use. If the other, and you can feel this, you don't, you you can't uh, ask the other team in the moment, but if the other team is kind of happy with the decision you're about to make, Maybe you should rethink it. Maybe you should rethink it. Mm -hmm. Down 24 to 10, San Francisco was more than happy for Dan Campbell to roll the dice. They needed a risk versus reward moment. And they got it. He rolled the dice. It didn't happen. The Giants were happy that he went for it. The Niners were happy that they went for it. Now, if you're up three, four, five points and you go for it, I think the other team is not as happy. Mm-hmm. They want you to kick the field goal to keep it within one score. So he did what the what what was opposite. What was opposite? If the other team kind of likes your decision, you should rethink it. At that moment, at twenty four to ten, San Francisco had just scored. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's about possessions and just trading scores. They have a chance to get that field goal back. Go up three scores. Three scores with a quarter and a half left. Now, possessions start to be a problem. And, of course, you're on the road. You could talk about momentum. George Kittle talked about that. Like, yeah, it can't be a blanket rule. We're always going for it. He didn't go for it late in the four, late in the first half. He kicked the field goal. Right. And one more thing. You know, Mike North tweeted this this morning, our buddy Mike North. Yeah. He's like, this isn't game seven. And he's right. Like, you're not trying to establish identities and show this is win or go home. Yes. Win or go home. Remember in Dallas, the boneheaded moves he made? He tried to go for two from, like, the seven-yard line, mm-hmm. and then he got an offsides and went up to the five-yard line. He tried to go for two there and, and blew it, mm-hmm. which was insane. But he lost a game that he was already going to the playoffs. Didn't matter. 
But this has got to be precise. Got to be precise. The Niners love the fact that he went for it. Love that I get it. If he makes it and they go down and score and go up three times, of course, if he makes it, it's great. But it's risk versus reward. It's momentum. And then the second time, you have a chance to tie the game. Why are we keeping score if you're not going to try to tie the game? Yeah, I didn't and understand again, it. And stem the momentum. Like, stop it a little bit. I, I just don't like the idea that there are some that will look at Dan Campbell or coaches of his ilk and just say, you know, I love the aggressiveness. He's always all in. I, again, I appreciate that. But at, this, at the same time, though, Jesse, you can't be the same way all the time. 100%. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying that in that situation, there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. But also, you have to be able to look at it and, and not show how smart you are. You should, should be able to say, you know what? I know we have a lead, but we need to add on more points. It is San Francisco on the other end, by the way, because whatever you think of the 49ers, there's a reason why they got there, too, because they can score, because they have good defenders, because they've got a good team. So you want to be able to add on as much as possible. Can- just, being, just because we always get it done on fourth down doesn't mean it happens all the time, because I will ask you, if it does not work, what happens? See, and, that, and again, this is what they, they got caught in a trick bag. Again, you look at that number of 34% of the time that they're able to execute and get the first down. Okay, well, I mean, now you're in the playoffs and you lose by three. Imagine if you would have kicked the field goal. Imagine if you and, if you're and, able to execute and, and it's that almost spot. like a bunt, too, by the way, in baseball. Like, we, we can't say for sure he makes the field goals, right? You don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. But the, 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 the shorter one, I think, is more of a guarantee. Yep. And this idea of going back up three scores, I got to tell you, Jonathan, I think they win the game if they're up 27-10. I think they win the game. I think this, the, the, the trading of possessions would have, would have eventually gotten, gotten would have hurt, hurt San Francisco. Granted, there was a Gibbs fumble in there as well. I, I just don't think he read the situation right. And I think you're right. Yes, you can have a style, yeah. but it doesn't apply to every moment. And if, I'm going to say this 100 times between now and 10. If the other team likes your decision, mm-hmm. you should be rethinking it. You should be rethinking it. I want you to explain this to me also, Jesse Rogers. So how is it that you ran for 34 yards in the second half? What happened to the, the Pote running game? Montgomery, in the, it was I thought, was very solid. I thought that Gibbs was good until he fumbled the football, in which I thought that Montgomery should have ran at that spot. But again, the running game was solid in the first half. You were taking, uh, you know, taking it to the 49ers defense. And then all of a sudden, you just stop running the football. Uh, the, for those that did not see this, San Francisco was able to really put on the Lions in the second half. Uh, the Lions were outscored 17 to nothing, their worst point differential in a quarter of the season. Outgained, Jesse, 170 to 42. That's their second worst yards differential in a quarter of this season. Lost a fumble as their first turnover this postseason. And then, of course, the two drop passes at the, the worst times in the, in, in third and fourth down. Two drop passes. And so it's the little things. You could talk about the the risk and reward from Dan Campbell, but also the players also did not a good uh, did not a, do a good job to be able to maintain the lead. Oh, there's no doubt we can't just put it all on those calls. Like they did not play well with the lead. They did not play well with the lead, and and, and, and the converse was true in Baltimore, who did not play well behind. It, it, the Ravens acted like they were down 21. Talk about not running the ball. Ravens stopped running the ball right away as soon as they got down. Baltimore, maybe where they were a product of being so good all year that they pro- they didn't trail much. As soon as they got down, they looked like a different team. R- R- Lamar looked like a different player. All-, all the kudos to the Chiefs, and again, we'll talk about Mahomes later. But boy, uh, you talk about not running the ball and looking like you're beaten, even though you're down seven, ten. 
Um, that was the Baltimore Ravens. That that game shocked me. I, I thought the Ravens would at least score points. That game shocked me. But this one was was quite amazing to have the 24-7 to lead. 24-10 could have been 27-10. Could have eventually tied it at uh, 27. Yeah, and, uh, I, to the point where I didn't think the 49ers had a run when at that score that you yeah. just put up there. I didn't think that because I thought, okay, the Lions had got off to a great start. You had to open the door for them to go on that run, yes. and you did. That that was a huge choke job, I thought, by the Lions. I think from a coaching standpoint and from a player standpoint. Now, here's something, and you and I grew up with this in the business, when you got a Doug Buffon and Ed Bradovich, where was the halftime adjustments, Doug? Where was the halftime adjustments? How come we lost the game? That stuff, right? Yeah. And Doug said, I don't know what uh, happened. I don't know how to no adjust. Was the game on? <laughs> so, so, and so we grew up with that phrase, halftime adjustments. It is an actual thing. Some would say that, oh, whatever the game plan is, the game plan. No, no. There is a tightening of the screws, I think, at times at halftime. Like, hey, you remember what we practiced? We got to make sure that we implement this. Remember the things that we talked about in film? We got to be able to implement this. There was a, such a vast difference in the first half and second half in that game. Kyle Shanahan, the coach for San Francisco, talked about those adjustments. We come up with eight plays to go over with the offense and how we're going to start it out and go with them. Uh, the defense goes and they all meet and they break up and they talk about all their stuff from positions. And um, then we just pulled them up before. And so, guys, it's. It's only 17 points. Been a lot of football games where you're down 17 points or starting with the ball. Um, it's that's that's plenty of time to come back, plenty of points to come back. But regardless of any of that stuff, we're not going out like this. We got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half and um, in everything we do, um, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, I thought we switched up a little bit more, tightened up on some things um, with some pressure, some man coverage, and um, the guys didn't want today to be the last day and. We put ourselves in a hole, but they played like it in the second half, and we were able to get the ball to bounce the right way, and we made up for what we did in the first half. And I, I, I have to imagine at halftime in Detroit's locker room, they're, they're telling their players, get ready for the punch in the face. It's coming. And you know what? Mm. It came, but it was just across the chin. It was just a little one. They start the second half. They drive. They kick a field goal. Okay. Yep. 24-10. You get the ball back. You drive. Now you kick a field goal. 27-10, and we took eight minutes off the clock. Now it's three possessions again. Let's trade possessions again. Let's trade scores again. And he does this boneheaded thing of going for it on fourth down, and I know that's who he is. But you got the situation's different than week seven, as, as, as our buddy North tweeted today. It just doesn't make sense to me that you don't look at the situation and grab it and, 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 and understand it a little bit better. Shay? You know what really confused me about it, Jess, was they kicked the field goal right before halftime. Right. To go up 17 points. Right. And if you think about when they played the Rams, they had a very similar possession, goal to go from, I think, like the three or four yard line, and they went for it, and it was a touchdown for Sam Laporta, and it won them the game. I can stomach going for, for it on fourth down when they get the ball back in the second half if they went for it before halftime. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to go up three scores and take the 17 point lead there, right. why are you not willing to do it? With less time, possession and, yeah, later. And less time on the clock now. Yeah. And I agree with you. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And I'll say it again. If you're up three, four, or five points, maybe you do go for it because a field goal doesn't do much. It's a one-possession game. So every situation different. But you're up two scores. To go up three scores, time is now going to start to work in your favor. And then the second one, I just never heard of a, a, a team, again, if you really believe in your kicker, not tying the game. Like, yeah. And not, not only are you tying the game, 
you're, you're kind of reestablishing yourself, reestablishing yourself in the game because the, the Niners had gone on such a run. Okay, now it's a new game, 27-all. It's a new game. They didn't do that. Yeah, you continue to go all in, which is fine because this is what, you, what got you here. Okay, you were aggressive. But then I believe... It got you here that, against the Saints yeah, or whoever. No, but whatever. <laughs> but I mean, you built a nice resume to be able to get to where you are right now. An opportunity to get into the Super Bowl and then uh, you crapped out. That's exactly what happened. The team crapped out. We talk about adjustments. Adjustments were made because I want to give San Francisco their credit as well. In the first half, Brock Purdy, 7 for 15, good for 93 yards. Second half, Jesse, a different game. 13 for 16, 174 yards and a touchdown for Brock Purdy. Again, people will look at Brock Purdy and say, system quarterback, not that good. Can I just tell you, the last couple of games that we've seen in the playoffs, when he's got to make a play, he makes a play. Whether it's with his legs, whether it is matriculating the ball down the field, it may not be aesthetically pleasing for everybody. But to me, it's about execution. It's about trying to get into the end zone and keep the chains moving. You saw the halftime adjustments that were made by San Francisco, and the Lions did not have those same adjustments. You had the lead. It was comfortable to the point where I thought, this is the Lions' chance. They can be yeah. able to get this done. And to give up 17 points, that's unbelievable. I, and, and the other thing about the Lions, like at halftime, I mean, you had to be feeling so good about sure. yourself that you, you still felt like you had the momentum, even though you kicked the field goal instead of the touchdown there at the end. Um, I, I don't. There's, there's so many things that I don't understand about what, what Dan, Dan Campbell was thinking there. There really, there's so many things. I, I like analytics and all the I don't I just don't get it I just don't get well, it a lot of this is his gut feel though his gut feel is to always go for it that's I mean that I, I don't know if there's someone in his head that says, says go for it go for it because it's almost automatic for him it's like yeah fourth down fourth down and two fourth down and three four yeah we'll go for it game situations don't matter just that's in your head just go for it that's in your head sure game situations where you are home road uh, win or go home all this stuff none of it pops into your head I mean, George Kittle talked about momentum. I mean, we all know it's real in some sense. All I care about is trying to put points on the board because you'd never stop trying to put points on the board. That's all I'm saying. It's not about time of possession in that spot, Jesse. It's about trying to get, if you're in a position to score points, three, six, seven, whatever it takes, you get more points on the board. But again, that's just one layer of it. The other layer is just some of the decision making and, of course, the, the lack of execution. You just can't drop passes. We saw this in both games in the most crucial spots where you're not executing. That's just brutal. Um, just, just the, as I mentioned, the inability to run the football where you would do it, it's so well in the first half. In the second half, you don't. You just go away from it. That's what I, the I Ravens did. It's what the Ravens did. Now, I will say, I guess, you know, you look at time of possession in the second half. Detroit didn't have much. But, um, but I don't disagree with you. I want to go back to Purdy. I wanted to make this point as you were talking about him. Yeah. I forgot. At halftime, I was ready to come on the air today and say, I told you so, Tom Waddle. I told you so, Yurkovic. Because I kind of am more in the camp that he's a product of the system. But... In moments now, in consecutive weeks, when it mattered most, he has come through. And as we relate this all the way back to the Bears, because everything comes back to the Bears, that is, again, a knock against Justin Fields. He has not proven in the bigger moments to have come through enough. I downplay his fourth quarter rating, but maybe maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe there's something to it. when the Because, the, again, if we need a reminder... Quarterback play is still king, right? All weekend long. The quarterback play made the difference. Um, Mahomes was just unbelievable. Lamar wasn't. That's who wins. Purdy in the second half was, um, was, was unbelievable, and that's who wins. Uh, but as we bring it back to, to the Fields convo, like, 
could fields you know insert fields in any of that stuff i don't know that you know they they win when he win any of those games no. and i was a guy <laughs> saying you know but purdy came through when they needed it yes. and and i'm not sure we can say that about fields does he come through the, when you need him the most? And the answer is probably no. Not at this, not at this juncture, no. But again, armed with all the weapons that San Francisco has, you would think, all right, you don't have to run with the football. You, you know, you have an offensive line that's going to give you time, but you got to get the ball out quickly. So that's the thing. That's the hallmark of these playoffs. If you notice, all the way throughout, outside of Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson can be able well, to extend plays. Well, Lamar run around a lot. Yeah, but, but, but yeah. I mean, they extend. They can extend with their legs, right. and they can be able to have patience enough to go down the field. These other guys. Can they get the ball out in three seconds or less. Right. It, it's quick action offense. It's amazing the difference between the regular season and the postseason. It's it's something. Jesse, you watch these games. The electricity on the field is just amazing. Yeah, it, but they, but they were. It was a little bit like uh, the first game. Uh, you know, like there was no fireworks. Was like Ravens looked dead the whole day. This one's twenty four seven. Like I said, Dan Campbell hacked into sports radio producers all across the country and said, "I'm giving you something to talk about tomorrow. I'm going to be the." Meathead of all meatheads because mm-hmm. and he took it on the chin after the game. He said, I know, I know you could second guess, but this is this is what we do. Yeah, but uh, yes, that's fine. But do you want to be Dan Campbell, you know, up and coming young head coach that's always in the playoffs? Or do you want to be Brandon Staley? Because that same feeling of like, right. oh, we always go for it on fourth pl- uh, down and making bonehead decisions. That's why Brandon Staley is no longer the Chargers head coach. Right. Same situation, fourth and six. Okay, so so we c- could you imagine when you, when you and I were going up and you know, watching the Bears, when you saw teams go for it on fourth and three, fourth and they're just that's definitely a punt or a field goal situation. Right. But it's it's commonplace now for some teams to go for it on fourth and two, fourth and three. And I and I get the people that will say the attribute attributes that Campbell exhibited there are the same attributes he's brought to the organization. That's why they were there in the first place. All legit. All legit. It doesn't mean that you do what you were saying 100% of the time, which is going to go for it on fourth down without looking at the scoreboard, without understanding more. He didn't go for it on fourth late in the first half, as Shea mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he tried some weird stuff in Dallas that cost them a game, and we didn't really talk about it because they were already in the playoffs. But so. that's two games now because of the bad decision-making. But maybe he could make the case, I won 11 games because I, I was this aggressive. I don't know. The bottom line is, it was boneheaded. So let's hear from Jared Goff, the uh, quarterback for the Lions, completely devastated in the loss against San Francisco yesterday. It sucks and um, pretty devastated. You know, there is a state of shock a little bit. and um, Yeah, I just, I just, again, I'm proud to be a part of this team and, it's it's hard to it's hard to be it's hard to juggle those two emotions of being proud of what we've done this year and um, dealing with the heartache of the loss. You cannot be inflexible as a head coach, Jesse. You have to be. You know why Andy Reid's great? Why Andy Reid may never retire is because he's having fun with the goat with Patrick Mahomes. That's oh, one thing. God, yeah. But two, yeah. it's not the same offense. It's always different wrinkles. They always try to come up with something new and different. And so when you see the best coaches, they're like, "Hey, I know that coach because he does this." No, you know, you know that head coach because there's a different way to be able to coach. It's not just the same. If it's always the same, then you run into a brick wall. But you become predictable. Lines became predictable in that spot. So here's what I'll, we'll talk about here. So from the Lions standpoint, Jesse, we got the Lions, their first division title since 1993, their first playoff win since 1991, their first conference championship appearance since 1991 with Wayne Fonts, uh, and second overall. 
So I would say that their success is sustainable. I'm not sure if they're going to be in this stratosphere again. You forgot I, I first blown NFC championship game since whenever. Since, since whatever. <laughs> yeah. Only, only had three in the championship. No, I mean, they seem like they're here to stay. But like he said after the game, you just never know when you get that kick at the can again. Well, here's the thing. I think, Shay, that the Lions will be in the playoffs again. Yes. But at this stratosphere, I'm not so sure because, Who knows? I mean, again, I, unless, unless you're a, a top-notch organization, I believe that the Lions are on their way to that. I don't expect the Lions to be in this stratosphere. Play- right, playoffs, right. yes. I, I, Hootie, I don't even know if I expect them to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 golf is not Mahomes, right? I mean, right? He, he's good. But, yes, I agree with Shay. Like, they're a good team. Well, are they a dynasty in the making? I don't know. you got to think about, they are about to lose the offensive coordinator that that's everyone right. in the league considers yeah. the best in the league. Yeah. And like, this... We thought Philly made the playoffs, but we thought they'd be right back to a Super Bowl. Look how quickly the flame fizzles. Right, unless you have that Hall of Fame quarterback. I I think that, you know, with as many shots at the apple as you can get in the NFL with playoff appearances, I don't see the, I can't see the Lions any more than like a nine win team. Well, I don't know. And and, and that could get them in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. I would say the NFC North is not exactly, you know. Yeah. No, but it's competitive, but, 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 but again, to, to just reiterate the point, I'm not sure the Lions could get to this right. this Sunday, right. this championship Sunday. Sure. I expect them to be in the playoffs, yeah. and I expect the Lions and the Packers to keep the heat on the Bears in that regard. Yeah, for sure. That, it, it, it's, it's something a, for the Bears I, to shoot at. It, it kind of reminds me of the NL Central. Just you know, it's a competitive division, but you wouldn't call it the best division. No, but it's, it's a competitive there. division. I will tell you, like way too early preview for NFL 2024. I will be hitting the Lions win, uh, win total under. Is that 818? That is for sure. Do you have it? <laughs> I, I'll say it again for the audience at 818. Lions win total, whatever number they put it up at, what, under. Let's guess what it'll be. Ten and a half? Ten? Eleven, probably. Eleven? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, uh, again, playoff eligible for sure. But, again, when you have these opportunities. See, they were in, in the, you know, I gave those three stats about, you know, uh, first division title, first playoff win, first conference championship appearance. The other thing is, is that they were trying to break through to try to finally win a road playoff game. They had 12 straight playoff uh, road losses for them. So I thought that they were going to shatter all that stuff this year and make their way into the Super Bowl. Trading, it didn't happen. Trading field goals in the third was the move. That was the move. They kicked that field goal. If they make it, I, I, I'm fully open to not make it, go up 27-10, I think they win the game. There's no momentum. There's no life in the stadium. There's nothing. It's just, it's just trade possessions at that point. Okay. It's just trade possessions. Now, Gibbs fumbles. Maybe maybe don't give it to the – I don't know. Like, fumbles are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, man, you just you just gave life. I guarantee you the Niners like, oh, good. Go for it on fourth. Don't put points up. We got a shot now. If you miss it, if you miss the fourth down, they miss the fourth down, boom. Okay. Boom. Now the door is open. So here's the intangibles with Dan – uh, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell has captured the hearts and minds of Detroit Lions fans. He's got that locker room. That you know, he's a players' coach. There's no question about that. You know, and so what I would think, I would hope for Dan Campbell is that he can learn from this and realize I can't be so inflexible. I, that, that's that, a great point. Like that, like that's, that's the hope. You learn more from your, from your mistakes than your successes, and I, I would hope so too. But I don't. I'm not. <laughs> meathead's gonna meathead. I don't know if he's gonna learn. Ah, that's who we are. 
you've been at enough crap tables to know a guy that's always all in. <laughs> yes, that's all, right. I mean, I mean, instead that's of just right. walking away from the table, he's just going all in. It takes losing. a lot of losing yes. to to rethink things. So you've, he, you've seen this. Campbell might need this a few more times. Now, Campbell has to remind you of some guys in Vegas that you've been in Atlantic City. Yeah, for sure. He has to remind you of yeah. some people, right? Yeah, most the the black the blackjack players that just. Get overly aggressive, and then they end the night with nothing. Yes. You know? They got their chips stacked. You know, right. it's like, boy, you're then, having a good night. And then it's gone. It, it just, it's and gone. That, I think that's a lot of Dan Campbell. The hope is is that he can learn from this and be a better coach from it and just kind of look back. Because I heard the press conference. You know, Campbell's like, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I'd do it again. Well, of course he would. Okay, yeah. let, that, that's, that's right. fine. Yeah. So you'd lose again? You, <laughs> keep, you, keep, lo- you keep losing right. again? Right. Now, for me, at the, at the blackjack table, when I'm up two grand – and I want I should walk away. Yeah, you know, if I lose the money, I think back at it and go, yeah, I probably should have walked away when I had my two grand. That's right. right? My chips are right there. Okay, I'll <laughs> cash out. So long. Right? He, he, he's not the type to cash out. Uh, I know it's a tough ask in a press conference, but, you know, that, going back to my thing, I wish I, you could ask it the right Well, I guess you can just ask straight out. Do you think the Niners were happy with your decision to go for it as opposed to kick the field goal? I wonder if he would. He'd well, answer I, it. I don't know if he'd answer. I don't know what they were thinking. He'd answer because it. again, that is key. Mm-hmm. That is key to me. If the other team is is happy, you're thinking about doing this. He maybe said, you should be doing the other thing. He said post game, he doesn't regret any of the fourth down calls. I know, I know, but he didn't think of it the way I'm talking. Yeah. So let's let's ask this question um, for everyone that watched the game. Is there a bigger yesterday? boneheaded? Sequence of plays. No, no. The question is actually on my screen on the notepad. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six. Shay, let's over the phone lines and ask this question. Bears fans and those of you that watch the game, would you take a coach like Dan Gamble uh, on the Bears? And, and what we're talking about is the aggressiveness that he had got got him to where they were in a stratosphere we haven't seen since the early nineties. However, that same gambling aspect, uh, his riverboat gambling ways. Uh, put them in a bad spot to the point where they did not take the points when they needed to and relinquish a 17-point lead. And I want to add in this. like, did, did which Passing up which field goal ticked you off more? To me, it, it seems obvious it'd be the one to tie the game, mm-hmm. but it's almost like the first one ticked me off a little bit more. So where do you stand on this? Uh, did, should he have kicked twice? Should he have not kicked twice? Once? Whatever. Which, one, which moment ticked you off the most if you're a Detroit backer? Um, not that we have a lot of them around here, but man, man, uh, you just twenty-seven ten again. Assuming he kicks that field goal, I think they win the game. San Francisco moves on. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They defeat the Lions thirty-four thirty-one. Still to come, we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with their victory against Baltimore. But your phone calls on Dan Campbell, the head coach for the Lions. Would you take Dan, quote unquote, Gamble on the Bears as your head coach? Let's talk about it. Jesse Rogers in for Cap on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Checkmate one six. suppression on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and J-Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Jesse Rogers, the fastest man from Northbrook. I'm Jay Hood, and Jesse's in for cap. But I fumble as much as uh, Gibbs. I'm about the same. No, you ran without the football. (laughs) Thank God. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That would be ESPN Bet 
Now live in Illinois, Ooh. sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. We say good morning to Shay W. Norling. Good morning, boys, Cat <laughs> Hoodie and Jesse. How are we on a Monday after championship weekend in the National Football League? I am great. I'm so happy that my flight from Nashville got here on time so I could be able to get right in front of the TV. I got, got a morning flight with the UIC flight. We lost to Belmont. Uh, and so, but, 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 yeah. so, but the best part is it, there's no delay in the flight, Shay, right to the big TV to be able to enjoy football. We got one more game left. That's so sad. After two really good games yesterday. Does she perform at halftime? That's the question. Does she not? What, what, she doesn't the, jump in there? No. It's oh, Usher. And I, I, I know it's Usher, but shouldn't she just get All right, Jess, I'll put you on the spot. Shouldn't she Wait, make a, a cameo or something? Well, shot or no shot, Taylor Swift will perform at halftime I'd in the Super Bowl. I say shot. This isn't life or death. It'd be fun. Okay, it's shot no, or no shot. Should she take the mic like Kanye? Yes. Usher should welcome her. Let's have some fun. I'm glad that you were talking about Taylor Swift because I didn't know who you were talking about at first. <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little afraid of the question. I, I love the whole memes of Eminem versus Taylor Swift if the Lions had, had made it. But, yes, let her perform. This isn't life and death. It'd be fun. That's a no shot. Is it, this is a CBS deal, right? Yes. C- okay. Yes. No. No shot. Supposedly she's, in, she's a concert in, like, Tokyo or something. Like, she'll be in. Yeah. She'll, she'll make her she'll, way back. She'll, she'll get, get on a jet. She'll commercial, make Commercial flight. Yes. <laughs> Over under three and a half times, Tony Romo calls Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey's wife. At least once. Because he's already done it once. Yeah, I'll say under time. three and a half. I think but he's done more it four times. He can't stop saying it. It's very odd. He's terrible. Let's just say it. He's just not good. And you know what happened there, Shay? You know what happened to Tony Romo? He got neutered by CBS. Because when he first came on the scene, he could call every play because he's a quarterback. He knew every play. Why, he knew yeah, where the ball was going. Why did he stop doing that? Because CBS told him to. Really? Yep. Why? So like, like Steve Stone, I think even now, to an extent, even though they don't, you don't put the fingers down anymore, you can't yeah. see the signals, Stone can call every pitch if he wanted to. Knew or know the situation and could call every pitch. CBS cut the balls off of Tony Romo and said, stop being a know-it-all. And so now you took that away from him, and now this is what, so it, this stop, is what it is. Stop being knowledgeable on the air, which is the only reason you should be on the air. Yeah, But you notice that was yeah. the first year, no, right? I know. First year, he's great at it. And, I know. And since it's all gone downhill for that CBS broadcast. told him not to keep doing that. And so without that, this is the end result. I will tell Like I remember after last year, we were talking about CBS was having conversations with Tony Romo, and they wanted him to watch more film because it seemed like last year he wasn't watching film at all. This year, I feel like he's actually watching the film. I feel like he's a little more knowledgeable about what's going on, and he's done his research. Everything else has gotten much worse. He's very strange. Yeah, you know, there's a such thing as a game analyst versus someone like a Collinsworth that gets all the intel and he's got all everything he needs to know, talks to coaches, and puts it on the broadcast. Tony's just not very good at this. He was. Yeah, I know, I agree. He was the bell of the weird. ball. Everyone loved it, but it not, weird. he's just not that guy anymore, Jay Moore. You remember that one player that came off the field, uh, I think something somebody hit him in the eye? Yeah. And he said, oh, that, he has a, uh, a twisted ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude is literally like blind. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, he clear, he goes down and he puts his hand in his face mask, and I'm like, oh, he got poked in the eye, and then he's coming off the field with one eye closed, and Romo's like, right there, you can see him get rolled up. I'm like, dude, the defender is poking him in his eye. It's right on camera. 
<laughs> he's just he's just not good. What about in the Buffalo game when he's like, Joe, this is Josh Allen playing so well in front of 70,000 fans just like me at home, except it's no one. <laughs> like, what, <are> <laughs> what does that about, even man? mean? <laughs> Here we go, Jim. All right, Shay. All right, the focus today has been on football. Certainly will continue to be on football, but some news over the weekend from the Cubs, who signed reliever Hector Neris to a one-year $9 million deal, finally getting some bullpen help. Cubs continue to await Cody Bellinger's eventual free agency decision. That does feel like the next domino to fall. But shot or no shot, if the biggest acquisition is re-signing Cody Bellinger, then the offseason is a failure for the Cubs. That's a shot. That's a shot. The biggest uh, acquisition for the Cubs can't be Craig Council because I'm going to end up being wrong. What did I tell you, Jesse, at the end of the regular season? The Cubs should be the bell of the ball. They should be able to take over the San Diego. Is that where the meetings were, San Diego? Uh, Nashville? uh, Nashville. 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 They should be able to be the bell of the ball in Nashville. I thought, hey, everyone should be like with the whipsaw effect. Like, oh, the Cubs did this. The Cubs did what? And I understand that Major League Baseball pretty much was at a hiring freeze, if I could use that phrase, for mm-hmm. a while. However, it didn't stop. It shouldn't have stopped the Cubs from trying to upgrade at some positions. If you're going to try to piecemeal Morel as a DH or third base, you're going to roll out a Master Boney as, as a starter. The Cubs need to have more talent, pitching and position players. And so, just and, and here we are. We're on the precipice of February, and no big deals yet. Yeah, if the Dodgers can do it and other teams get, why can't the Cubs? Yeah, the hundred win team adds like they're a hundred two loss team, where the teams that are in the eight, you know eighty win range add like they're they've already won something. Uh, anyway, yes, the answer is shot. And I'm glad you brought it up because I know how Cub fans are. If they do re-sign Bellinger, they're going to act like it's the greatest thing to ever happen, and all it is is get you back to last year's team. Now, maybe they'll be better because everyone's a year old or whatever. You know, Maybe Suzuki's going to be the MVP of the league, but really re-signing Bellinger just kind of gets you back to that mid-80s win total. It doesn't necessarily jump up into the 90s, so that's the minimum they needed to do because there's no left-handed slug there unless Michael Bush is going to be the rookie of the year. That's the guy they traded with the, from the Dodgers. So the answer is there's a shot that that's if, of what you said, that if that's the best they do, that's nothing that special to no, me. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and listen, I'm not asking for all these big splashes, I, you know, like Otani, anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that you have holes on this roster to fill. And it, you, it's pretty obvious. Who's your first baseman? Michael who's your, Bush. Who's your third? Well, let's, let's be honest. Oh, gotta be better than that now. Okay. Yeah, be better than that. Third baseman is third, either third base? Madrigal again, Patrick Wisdom, Morell, Mastroboni. Oh, but they don't, signed, don't, don't do that to Cap. They Mastroboni. signed Matt Chapman over the weekend for $104 million. You see everybody get got by that on Twitter? No, I didn't see that. Thank Every, God. I saw like five big media people in town retweeted some fake oh, Jeff Passan account saying Chapman yeah. signed with the Cubs for $100 million. Remember, as I've reported all offseason, mm-hmm. they have had an impasse with Scott Boris that lasts years and years and years. I'm talking about major multi-year deals. They turned down a guy they drafted in Chris Bryant. They turned down a guy they traded for in Jake Arrieta, won MVP in Cy Young. None of them. None of them. The best they could do is one year with Bellinger last year. And so the first guy that signs a big deal that's a Boris client will be a big deal because it hasn't happened under Ricketts. Shea. 
All right, back to football. The people who have said you can't win with a running quarterback have another feather in their cap after yesterday because Lamar Jackson lost again. He was not good in the game. His running ability was limited by Spags and the Chiefs defense. Self-inflicted wounds, the interception, Zay Flowers going nuts, cost the Ravens a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Shot or no shot, yesterday proved you cannot win a championship with a running quarterback. I'm going to say no shot. I'm going to say no shot. They're one game away from getting there with a running quarterback. And, you know, it's interesting. The two got two big fumbles yesterday were by rookies, right? Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers fumbles at the goal line. Gibbs fumbles uh, mid, mid, midfield. Yep. So maybe it's a product of not having more around Lamar Jackson. But I don't, I don't think you can't win with a running quarterback. I don't think that that's too much of a blanket statement. I, I would say it's a no shot, but I can understand why the Eddie from the North Sides and others that, that call in here and say you can't win with a running quarterback. They win today. They win today. And by the way, we're not saying that Patrick Mahomes is not. He does run with the football, not exclusively. But Lamar Jackson was slowed down. I mean, a guy that has actually been better as a quarterback, more than just running the football. He's got a big arm, too, and we saw it. Yeah, there's a difference between it's part of your game plan in Baltimore, whereas San Francisco and and Kansas City, they, they run when they need to. Yes. So I would say that's a no shot. However, I want to give Kansas City's defense credit. We There's so much emphasis on... You know, Travis Kelsey and his relationship and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But Spagnolo and that defense was fantastic. Unbelievable. Jack- They've been fantastic all year for the most part. Jackson completed, Lamar Jackson completed a season low 41% of his passes against the Blitz Sunday. They dialed up the Blitz a lot, Jesse. A lot. And they were able to bottle up that running game for Lamar Jackson. He had no running lanes. They had very few. All I'm saying is, is that with Lamar Jackson, you know, we you hear this all the time, Shay, about Josh Allen and who Josh Allen is. Well, can I just tell you, two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson, sure. But how are you any different when you've had four playoff losses? I'm just saying. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, I respect Lamar Jackson, but until you get over the hump, you're in the same spot. A team that was a juggernaut in the regular season yeah. and lays an egg like that Sunday. Is, and again, when I say Lamar Jackson, I'm talking about the Ravens too. I know people will hear that and say, I'm blaming Lamar Jackson. No, I'm talking about the Ravens as a whole. Lamar Jackson leads that team. And I'm saying that that's not good enough. When Baltimore went to San Francisco and just killed them, I thought, okay, this is it. This is the best team in the AFC, and it's not even close. Combined with the fact that Kansas City looked kind of pedestrian offensively, I, ju- I thought Baltimore was going to win yesterday, and maybe even going away. Got that wrong. The Ravens were the number one scoring defense this season, allowed 17 points on Sunday. <laughs> just, but, and, and basically scored seven until the last yeah. field goal. And remember, the seven was on a broken play, completely broken play. Gotcha. So they, they nearly got shut out at home. Honestly, though, they did get to 10. And if you look at the second half, the Ravens owned the second half. They mm-hmm. just kept making critical mistakes on critical downs that ended the game. Like, they absolutely should have won. Zay Flowers should have gotten in. The field goal Justin Tucker kicked should have been to tie the game. Mm-hmm. But they just kept effing up. 
You can't keep shooting yourself in the foot and think you're going to win a football yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what happens on the other side if, if Flowers gets in. You know, That's Mahomes might put on his cape again. You have to look at how the Chiefs ran their game. It was a lot of Clyde Edwards-Alaire carries. It was a lot of screens. Everything was horizontal. I mean, if that game gets close, Kelsey probably gets seven more catches. That's right. fine. But 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 to, to Shay's point, talking about Zay Flowers, that's just completely undisciplined by him. I mean, and, oh. the, and the biggest moment, that's the thing I just don't understand, Jesse. In the biggest moment, you show your ass. I'm just talking about this, him, just other players as well. But Flowers in particular. So three strikes, right? One, there's this huge, beautiful play by, Jim, by uh, Lamar Jackson in which you're right there in scoring position. And what does Zay Flowers do? He, he spins the football right there and taunts, and so now you're back 15 yards. You're supposed to get into the end zone. It becomes a touchback. And then you slam your hand against the bench, and you injure your hand. Three strikes. And he hurt be- himself and, every, and in every in be- way possible. And in between, you fumble. No doubt he's thinking about the penalty. Sure. i got to get in. Instead of taking care of the ball, that's always first. They're, I mean, if he's down at the one, they're going to score. So just terrible, terrible on Zay Flowers' part. I just I, – I just, and the most uh, again, the biggest moment, an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and you do that. That's how you play. You but, do that in September is unacceptable, but, but it's even worse in that but spot. But they played just bad. Maybe the Chiefs' defense—they just played yeah. bad once they got down. Yeah, and they weren't down twenty. Both things can be true. You give Kansas City's defense credit, but then Baltimore, yeah. again, a, a team that's been sure-handed all season and rushes the ball better than anyone. They barely rushed. I think there were eight carries. Outside of Lamar's carries, there were eight to running backs or whatever, which, again, if you're down 20, I get it. You were never down more than 10. 35 straight games or at least 100 uh, yards rushing. They had 81 yesterday. Shea. All right, Dan Campbell yesterday talked post-game about his honesty to the players after the game. Listen to this. It's a lesson learned. And look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I'm well aware, and it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the off season, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up and. Uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it does stink. I really think he's onto something. They're going to lose the guy Ben Johnson. Most people think is the best coordinator in football. The division. You have the Packers ascending. The Bears should be better. The Vikings, you have to imagine, will be healthier. Sure. And they have a fantastic coaching staff. Shot or no shot, that was the Lions' one chance at a title. I'm going to say shot because everything he just said. And by the way, as much as he made these meathead decisions in-game, afterwards he did not act like a meathead. I liked everything he had to say, including, you know, blame me. I know those calls were controversial. Like, he didn't shy away from that. But you're, what you're saying is a shot because I – they. Goff is very good, but he's not Mahomes. He's not, okay, we can make the Super Bowl every year type of quarterback. And neither is the team. So I'm going to say shot. And even he said, who knows? Yeah, that, that is a shot. And here's what I liked about that, Shay, is that he's a realist. He's talking as if he's in the booth with us today, saying that, hey, who knows if we'll get back here? Because he knows that Johnson's gone. And he said himself, 
it doesn't matter who we add or subtract or how what we do in the draft. We may not get back here again. And all those things being the hunt, it is true. And uh, r- reminding yourself, we got to you got to get back to work right away. Like they just played a month longer than anyone else. You know than. The Bears, for example, and they got to get right back. Like, yeah. it's just not easy. And Mahomes treated, makes it look easy, but it's not. You're going to have the 28th pick in the draft, and you're right. going to have a first-place schedule. and Like, everything gets way – he's right. Yep. It gets way harder And a new offense, like you said, new offensive coordinator. Yeah. You could, you could be – next year, you could be this year's Eagles. You could be. Like, I, I expect the Detroit to be in the playoffs next year. I don't expect it to be in this stratosphere. You, here, how about this, Shay? Do you do something crazy and – Offer Ben Johnson an incredible amount of money because remember, I'd make if it, it were is me, the head coach of the freaking uh, uh, Commanders. If it were me, I'd make him a ten million dollar coordinator. Jeez, honestly, I mean, if that's I just what do you need? And, and, and say, hey, stand. let's finish, let's finish the job here. Yes. It, it's possible because yeah, Dan Campbell does not want to be coaching offense or make too many, too many decisions. Ben Johnson made Campbell the CEO. Ultimately, I mean, yeah, does he make the calls on fourth down? Yes. However, Johnson was steering that ship offensively. There's no reason that offense can't be as good, if not better, now that you have Gibbs and Montgomery set up as a one-two punch. Gibbs established himself. The wide receivers are good. Laporta is a star in the making. But you change coordinators, you never know. Let's go around the NFL. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Around the NFL, right here on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. I'd like to remind you, we're with you until 10 o'clock. The Mike Greenberg comes in. Then from 12 to 3, brand new 12 to 3, Carmen and Yurko. Right into Waddle and Silly 3 to 630, 6.38, 6.30, Bleck and Abdallah. So an extra hour for the Golden Hammock of Carmen and Yurko. Here's Shay Norling with Around the NFL. Shay? I got hot takes, baby. I, I got hot takes after watching championship football yesterday. Oh. I think Lamar Jackson is getting way too much of the smoke. He's getting a little bit too much blame for what went wrong in Baltimore yesterday. Watching that game, I thought Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, called by far his worst game of the season. Six carries for running backs in the entire game. Huh? You're supposed to be great running the football. You go six running back carries? And when you find out that Spags is going to blitz you virtually every single down, you stick with seven-step drops for Lamar Jackson. Have you ever heard of a slant? Why was everything deep? It made no sense. I was aghast watching the game plan. I thought the game plan was an atrocity, and Lamar's taken a little bit too much heat this morning. I, I would say that I'm, you know, again, giving Kansas City all the credit in the world defensively, but in those conditions, you know, in that rain, I expected to have more of a running game from both sides, but definitely from Baltimore uh, and Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards. And, you know, man, I did not see it. 81 yards rushing. Again, for a team that usually averages 100 or more on the ground, that's what they do. So I wasn't happy with that. And then from Lamar, Lamar Jackson's standpoint, man, he was frustrated, four, sacked four times. He was bottled up. And, again, Kansas City's defense, yes, but the running game, absent from Baltimore. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Shay. I absolutely agree with you. What was the time of possession? Does anybody have that off the top of their head? Uh, it was so far in favor of the Chiefs. That's it wasn't the even one funny. thing. When your possessions are limited 
and you're trailing, you start to get a little nervous. But maybe that's when you buckle down and keep running it. So it's easy to say it now, but when that possession thing is so lopsided, it can get a little difficult. But I don't disagree with you. Here's the bottom line. Is a Ravens collapse on all on all levels. All right, all Chiefs had the ball 37 and a half minutes. Ravens 22 and a half. Yeah. If, if you can't, if it's a 15 point difference in possession, you're losing the game. Probably. Probably. And you're panicking and trying to th- throw your way back in it because you have limited possessions. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, if you weren't on board before, get on board. They are officially the New England Patriots. In a year where everybody said this is as vulnerable as they've ever been, they don't look like a Super Bowl team. I said dead team walking going into the playoffs. I felt like they had no chance to win a game beyond the Miami game at Arrowhead. And here they are playing for the Super Bowl again for the fourth time in five years. If they win it, they'd become the fourth team in history to win three Super Bowls in five years. They would join the 1970s Steelers, the 1990s Cowboys, and the 2010s Patriots. Well, and this is one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen, and it's happening live. I think we got to all appreciate it. I think that's all. I think that's all fair. And the distinguishing characteristic for the Patriots was this. It lasted the championship one, yes. Tom Brady, yes. But all the issues around it, whether it was Deflategate, whether it was the sticky hands of the owner in the in the, or, the uh, Asian of Orchid situation yeah, right, there, right. all that, right? Yeah. Out of all the controversy around it, you know what you saw? You kept seeing winning. And so the same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about it a lot here on the show. How is it that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to receivers that can't catch the football? How are they so? How why are they so mistake prone? What would this team look like without Eric Bieniemy? All these things, right? Taylor Swift in the mix, right? The <laughs> oh, Yoko, right. She was supposed to be the distraction. Yeah, the Yoko Ono of the Kansas City right, Chiefs, right? Right, right? This is what we thought. Yeah. And but look where they are right now, despite all of the the distractions and issues with the football team. I remember texting Carmen in one of those like midseason home games the Chiefs were playing. I'm like, this looks awful. Every play is a broken play. I, I'm with you. This might be the most impressive year, but. Like I'm the meathead that thinks this. If you're, if I'm the Niners, I would stick two guys on Travis Kelsey in the parking lot, in the wherever he goes, two guys on him, and make these other guys, Rice, whoever, beat you. Let me see it happen because that's what I thought all season. They have one weapon. He's not even playing that well this year in Kelsey. But if you double or triple team Kelsey, what about the fight doctor, Ferdy Pacheco? I don't care. I don't care. Let him beat you. <laughs> Let, is he going to the Hall of Fame? Pacheco? Yes. Yeah, he's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Give me a break. The guy catches 11 <laughs> balls. This tight end who's like 35 years old. Cover the guy. I'm Marv Albert along with the fight doctor, Ferdy Pacheco, <laughs> here at ringside. Um, yeah, so... I, Pacheco I, only had like 2.9 yards of carry. Yeah, I mean... But, uh, but he had a but, lot of carries. But a, but a multi-weapon guy, just, Yeah, he is. He is. You know, in, the, in the running game and the passing game. Yeah, but I, I'd rather get beat by Pacheco than Travis Kelsey. I get it. I, get, I mean, he's a monster. He is the quintessential security blanket for Mahomes. Yet, let's not, oh, one guy, let's get a linebacker on him. No, put two guys on him. Make those wide receivers that dropped all those balls all season yep. win you the game. And That's my meathead take of the, the other, day. The other parallel shade that you make with uh, Kansas City and New England 
There's there's Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, solid for New England all those years. Yeah, and Travis yeah. Kelsey's Travis Kelsey for a reason. Like that, it's easy to go. We'll just erase him from the game plan. Stick two guys on him. They had Kyle Hamilton on him. Kyle Hamilton hadn't given up a touchdown to a tight end all season. Okay, that's one person on him. But it, Mahomes and Kelsey, <laughs> back shoulder fade. It's the perfect throw, the perfect player to get position, make the catch, touchdown. Well, not if there's you a go, second guy there. What are you going to do? But I agree it's a meathead take because uh, everyone double cover, and maybe he'll find someone else open. I want to see it happen. Well, this is a segment for it. This is the segment for it. If you're going to yeah. do the meathead take. Hot take city. Hot take, hot take Monday. Don't you Fine. See? Here's my hot take. Double Travis Kelsey. I don't care where yeah. he is. Scorcher. If he's out of the game, go out, go over to his sideline and put two guys on him. This Lamar Jackson will never make it. All right, Shane, go ahead. Uh, you want a hot take? Collectively, the city of Detroit should stop believing in the existence of God. Uh, what I saw yesterday. <laughs> okay. I, if it's, a little, I, it's a little bit of if aggressive. I were, if Jesse, if I were a Detroiter, I would no longer believe that God is real. Okay, so Shay, right after Gibbs fumbled, because I re- I like really don't tweet much anymore, especially if it's not baseball. But I was ready to tweet, the Lions finally showed up. That was all I was going to tweet <laughs> when Gibbs fumbled. Because yeah. this is Lions for the, for the entirety of our lives. I, how yeah. about Kendall Vildor? Interception, like gift-wrapped for you. I didn't think Purdy was great as a passer at all yesterday. Did what he needed to do especially extending in the first plays. Half. Yeah, especially in the first half. He was good extending plays. The throw to check on the sideline was fantastic. But he, I didn't think overall that he had a great day as a passer. That throw to Ayuk, that's a gift wrap interception. Kendall Vildor lets it bounce off his face mask, and somehow Ayuk comes up with it. If I'm a Lions fan in that moment, God is no longer real. Well, not only that, you've made all these fourth and shorts, right? And you couldn't make either one of them. So, you know, we wouldn't be talking here if they made one of them. We wouldn't be talking about this. Shay, we know that Brock Purdy's not Patrick Mahomes or not an upper echelon quarterback, but again... We've seen evidence of it in back-to-back games. When San Francisco needs to make a touchdown and make plays in the second half or fourth quarter, Purdy's right there. Like, like again, we don't have a lot of quarterbacks in this league that all four quarters, they're a complete quarterback. Purdy is a guy that when it it matters, he's able to nickel and dime it down the field or make big plays or run and be able to help San Francisco score. And, And it's such a cool tool to have this idea that I never run. And then all of a sudden, I can and will. Yeah. Where Fields and Lamar Jackson, there's always a spy. It's in the back of their heads. Where with, with Brock, he can do it, man. He moved. He had some moves. Now, I'll say this, that in the last couple of games, sure, Purdy was able to come through in the second half. I'm not sure if he can be able to provide that same magic against Kansas City. Well, maybe he can. Who knows? I'm just I saying, mean, like, yeah. I mean, against Detroit, okay. In the playoffs that we've seen in some regular season games with Purdy, yes. But how often can you do that? Now it's out there that Purdy can run five yards. Let's see, five carries good for 48 yards in the game against Detroit. He can be able to get it to his weapons, Samuel, Ayuk, McCaffrey. We're not good yeah, So, oh yeah. again, again. You, you have 13 days to yeah. change your mind, both you guys. Who do you like? I like uh, I like Kansas City. Yeah, it, the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. If you're... If you think I'm going to bet against Patrick Mahomes as a dog right. again, uh, no. Like, right. like, never again. Against Mr. Irrelevant. Wouldn't that be something, that, you know? No, like, never again. He is Tom Brady. They I think, are the Patriots. I'm never betting against him again. I, I think if there's a chip-on-your-shoulder thing, the the uh, Chiefs had it for a while there. People doubted him. They had to go on the road finally. They win, they win. But now, I think maybe the chip on their shoulder changes because the Niners lost him a few years ago. But maybe none of that matters, and it's about coaching the next two weeks are you, are you listening to me yeah are you i said never again 
never again. No. Like for the rest of Patrick yeah. Mahomes' career, yes. I will never, oh, you never go against, against the Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, I, I, ever, trust me, I thought again. Baltimore was going to win. I was telling <laughs> Carmen yesterday, I'm like, oh, this underdog, he wins as an underdog. It's going to end at some point. Well, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. And just like I mean, whatever parlay I'm stacking, whatever, I'm, like never again. Right. I'll just go down with the ship. Right. If they do lose again, that's okay. Right. Because it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's actually a good th- way to do it. Never. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Never. Never. Because again, what's the odds? You're on the road twice. Yeah. And you were able to come through twice. And is Purdy really going to beat Mahomes? Just, uh, n- uh, no. Maybe, maybe Purdy. <laughs> maybe Brock Purdy is Eli Manning. Maybe that'll be interesting. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yes. Maybe. 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 But, but I'm never betting against him again. The other thing about this, Shay, I know you, you can give us one more, but I'm just going to add on with the quarterback talk. So it's pretty clear that Patrick Mahomes has no no equal, no one even close. There's no peers. Usually, you, right you, you, you like the Brady versus Manning, or Not Brady. Right versus, now. There, there's nobody else. It, it's if you're doing the the quarterback tiers, it's Mahomes in a tier by himself, and then everybody else. No That's negative. What it is. No negative plays. No interceptions. Just can make something out of nothing. Can take the first three. Can take the third. He's just he's he's the perfect quarterback right now. I mean, we did have was that CBS Shay? Was that not CBS that gave us the narrative that Brady and Eli Manning is right now Patrick Mahomes against Josh Allen? Is that is was that the yeah, preview? It's the, the Peyton Man- Manning versus Brady is now Allen versus Mahomes. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even close. It, not, not it, even close. it could be. I mean, it took Manning no. eight years to win a Super Bowl. It took him for he was routinely getting his ass beat by the Patriots in the playoffs. I know they try to try, try to get you excited about that, but again, Allen's needs some skins on the wall himself. It maybe could be He's not, only not today. Had, what six seasons as a starter? It yep. takes time. So, like part, one thing I had written down is the conversation around Lamar Jackson this morning is bothering me a little bit, and it's this. Well, Lamar hasn't gotten it done. He's never won a Super Bowl. Two MVPs, sure, but how serious can you take him with these playoff losses? I feel like people are forgetting how young these guys still are. We're litigating their careers the way we did with Peyton at the end of his, brother. when he only had the one Super Bowl, or the way that people litigated Philip Rivers at the end of his run. These guys have been in the league five, six years. They have time. And it's not their fault that Patrick Mahomes is waiting for them at the end all the time. He might be the best player in league history. In a, in a hot take society that we're in right now, no one has the patience to wait. That uh, Jesse and I grew up with that era of being able to watch a, a quarterback well, do his j- maturation like process we, for seven to ten like years. Just like we said about the Lions, you know, you, you only get so many kicks at the can. I mean, I assume Baltimore will be back, but I don't, you know, you don't know. But it's, it's accelerated now. Yeah. It's, not, it's not what it used to be. We, right. we saw a quarterback in a system for a decade. Yeah. You know, and, and just waiting for the general manager and the ownership and everything else to help that quarterback win. You don't have that time anymore. There's not that grace anymore. All I can talk about is in the moment of what's happening with Lamar right. Jackson or exactly. in the moment with Josh and Allen. And they're coming up short. Yes. Yep. And so is there room for improvement? Always in my analysis, there's always room for improvement. But all I can talk about is the here and now, and that is not good enough. It's just not good enough. And that's our look around the NFL hot take edition right here on Captain J. Hood. Coming up. Lamar Jackson, will he ever get over the hump? And your phone calls. Did you watch the games yesterday? Jesse and I want to get your phone calls in. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. You watch the games? You watch it with your friends and family? Tell us what you thought of what you saw with the AFC and NFC title games. Cap and J. Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10.